to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 7th of December 2014, entitled Good Tidings of Great Joy. And the Bible reading is taken from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Of course, as I made mention this morning, over the next few weeks, sure in your own readings and from... Certainly, things that will be taking place here in the church. In fact, I was noticing this morning that uh, you should get plenty of readings in your carol service because I think not only during our traditional carol service are all of the Christmas readings done by uh, the church between the carols, but I think the kids are going to be doing some of them as well. And so uh, you'll uh, really have those implanted in there. Um, but uh, I just want to take a few verses of that this evening in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. I promise not to be long. I want to give you a few very simple thoughts as we enter into this Christmas season. I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's Word from Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Father, we thank you this evening that we can be reminded of that glorious event when you, through your great love for us, sent your Son into this world to be born in such a humble way, Lord, to come and accomplish for us that which no one else could accomplish. Lord, we thank you that as we look at this, this, this passage of Scripture this evening, Lord, that though it's been read year after year after year, Lord, the beauty of the story is still there. So we pray this evening as we look at it that you would just remind us afresh, Lord, of what Jesus Christ has done for us. We give you the praise and thanks in Christ's precious name we pray. Amen and amen. For those that were here this morning, of course, from the book of Galatians, we looked at what I consider to be just an absolutely awesome passage of Scripture there. Of course, Galatians 4.4, when the Bible tells us that it was in the fullness of the time that God sent forth His Son. Yes, He was born of a woman, and yes, He was born under the law, but He came to redeem us from our sins. He came that we might be adopted into the family of God. And we said, you know, we don't have any special feelings towards a date on a calendar, whether it be the 25th of December or any other date, but it's the event that is important. We talked about that time. 
And of course, it's that great event that we celebrate that we're reading about here in the scriptures before us this evening. And as we look here, we recognize that there was something very, very special taking place here in this field. The Bible says there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. These fields could have been the same fields, certainly in the same area where some 1,300 years before this, Ruth had been out there gleaning from those same fields. For probably a little over 1,000 years before that, there had been a, another shepherd boy out there tending his sheep by the name of David, who went on to be the great king. Now here are some of the shepherds. The Bible teaches that they're there watching over their flocks by night. Now, this started out in their thinking, I'm sure, and in their ideas, just like many, many other nights that they'd spent out there in those fields watching over those sheep. But there was something special that was about to take place. Matter of fact, this was going to be unlike any other night that they had ever been out there before. It was going to turn out to be something different. I'm sure they'd been out there many nights attending those same flocks. I'm sure as they had looked into the skies many nights, they'd seen many stars that brightened the night, but this night, there was going to be a special star appear in that night sky, a star that was going to be different from all those others that they had, had ever seen, a star that would have a greater impact on the world than any of those others. Matter of fact, a star that would be remembered forever. A symbol, even today, especially with many Christians, when they decorate, it might be in their cards, it may be decorations in their home, it may be atop a Christmas tree, but there's no more common figure than to see a star or an angel, <laughs> two things that we read about here in this account, because they bring to memory the event that took place that night. And I really just want to give you a few simple points because as we go into Christmas, as I said this morning and I say again, it's so easy to get over, overwhelmed with all of the wrong things. We want to keep our focus upon what Christmas really is about. And I want to just draw out a couple of things from this. First of all, as we look in verse 8, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Shepherds abiding in the field. I want you to notice the men, the human beings, 
that are there in this account just like you and I. Now they're out there and, and, and they're involved in what would certainly have been considered a very honest occupation. And sometimes you don't stop and think about it, but really there were an awful lot of shepherds in Scripture <laughs> that went on to some pretty great deeds in their lives. We find that to be a shepherd as these were in those days, it took men of great courage. Now, shepherds in, in, in our country here, if, you, you know, if you've been out in the countryside sometimes, and I've seen the shepherds come by sometimes with their flocks of sheep, and they're watching for them. They're protecting them. They're making sure they go in the right place and stay out of the, the places of danger and all of those things. But these men were in fields that would have taken courage. You see, it was a job that required somebody to stay alert, to pay attention to what they were doing, to be certain of the things that were taking place and that were happening all around them. I'm sure that these men, like most people today, they would have heard it in a little different light. I'm sure that where they were here in Israel, that they would have heard the story of a coming Messiah. <laughs> they would have been taught that all of their lives, undoubtedly. So they would have known that this was something that was supposed to happen in the future, just as even today. We read God's Word and we study and we look for a coming Messiah, but we're looking for His second coming when He comes again to receive us unto Himself. They were looking for that first coming to this earth, to come and to accomplish His work as we looked at this morning, to redeem men from their sins. You see, these men there, though, where they were, they would have had to Worry, I, I don't know what all kind of animals, but we know from reading stories that we find uh, stories in there of lions and, and, and wolves and, and bears and all of these ferocious animals that that was the shepherd's job was to protect those innocent sheep from those dangers that were out there to destroy them. They had to worry about not only those vicious animals, but the unsavory people, the robbers and the, and the thieves that would come along and try to steal. So you would think that somebody that was out there doing this job, carrying out this occupation, that they would have been pretty courageous, brave men. They wouldn't have been wimps. They wouldn't have been, you know, guys that go running when the least bit of danger came along. And yet... What does it say here in the next verse? And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Something happened there in that field. These, these men that were out there just doing their job, undoubtedly, men that knew the story of what God was going to do, men that were carrying out an honest occupation, doing their job well, I'm sure, and yet, when this angel of the Lord appeared unto them, the Bible says that the glory of the Lord shone around and they were frightened to death. They were so afraid. 
Why? What would make normally courageous, brave men suddenly be fearful and afraid of what was going on around them? I'm telling you what. (laughs) They may not have been afraid of the bears or the lions or whatever else may have come along. But they were face-to-face with the glory of God. (laughs) They were face-to-face with something they had never, ever faced in their lives before. You see, it wasn't just the men in the field that we see in this story. But the Bible says here, Lo, the angel of the Lord. We can say a lot of things there, but the messenger of the Lord. (laughs) You see, there are the men, just like the men, women, boys, and girls that are sitting right here this evening. They were men going about their normal occupations. They were brave men. They were courageous men, undoubtedly, men doing their job well. But when the messenger of the Lord came, it frightened them to bits. They were afraid. This wasn't a messenger. I'm sure people had given them messages before. But here is the angel of the Lord that appears. The glory of the Lord is shining round about. That can get really. (laughs) It can really start doing things to your mind when you really start trying to figure and think, who was that messenger of the Lord? (laughs) Possibly Jesus Christ himself is the messenger of the Lord that was telling them about the birth that was taking place to bring him into this world. (laughs) We know for certain that the glory of the Lord was there. (laughs) This ordinary people suddenly being paid a visit by a messenger from God. Oh, it wasn't just an ordinary messenger. (laughs) The glory of the Lord. People... People talk about a lot of things, and I I get absolutely just flabbergasted sometimes at how that people supposedly react because of the presence of the Lord. And yet, over and over and over and over and over again, when I read God's Word, when the Bible tells us about people that come face to face with the glory of the Lord, they either end up shaking in their tracks or literally on the ground because... To stand before the Lord in His glory is something that nothing in this world is like. This night, when this event took place, these ordinary men, ordinary brave men, doing a job that took courage, but yet, when the messenger of the Lord came, (laughs) oh, they began to shake. They were fearful. The Bible says they were so afraid. What was it? When the glory of the Lord, what was it this messenger brought? You see, the third thing that we see here is not only these men like you and I, hopefully, the messenger that comes from God to bring the message, but but I want you to pay particular attention to the message. <laughs> that they were bringing. That message ought to be a message that we carry to others as this messenger did to these men. 
He goes on to tell us, first of all, in verse 10, and the angel said unto them, what's the first thing he said? Fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I bring you what? Good tidings. They would have known God's law. They would have known that God's law was holy and just and good, but it wasn't very good tidings to sinful men. <laughs> you see, the problem was, is under the law, they were all made guilty. There was no hope for them because God's law showed them how they fell short of the mark. But the very word gospel means good news. <laughs> these angels, this angel of the Lord, this messenger that came to these men here, he said, I bring you good tidings. I bring you good tidings, good news. You could just as easily say, I bring you the gospel. That's what the word gospel means. It's good news. This messenger was bringing the greatest message that could ever be brought to mankind, just these ordinary shepherds out there in the field doing their job, and yet on this night, the messenger of the Lord comes and said, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Don't be afraid. In your current condition, you're hopeless, you're in trouble, but I'm bringing you the greatest news possible, news of great joy that will bring real joy to you. You see, all were found guilty before God. But this messenger was bringing a message that it doesn't matter the depth of your sin. It doesn't matter the number of your sins, how many times you've sinned. It doesn't matter what your weaknesses or your strengths are. It doesn't matter what enemies might be coming against you. This message was a message of good news, of great joy, a message of good news that could bring a joy like nothing else in all the world, a joy that went beyond anything that they could have from anywhere else. That was the message. The glory of the Lord, the messenger of the God is there and said, guys, listen, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you good tidings, good news of great joy. This is something for you to be happy about. But notice what he says next, which shall be to all people. This message, these men, these shepherds out there in their field, they get a visit from the messenger of God. And that messenger is bringing them the greatest news ever given. 
Don't be afraid. I'm here to bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. This news that I'm bringing to you, this joy that can be had, yes, it's for you, but it's something that's for all people. It's something that can reach to every human being. It's something that's there that's available for all who will come. It's a message, it couldn't be clearer, which shall be to all people. Wasn't just for the shepherds in the field, but it was a message for you and I today. It literally was inclusive of all people, but not just in a general sense. You see, yes, there is that general sense that yes, it's good for everybody. The very next verse here, you know, it's amazing. We talk about the impacts, the memories. We talked this morning about time. It's, it, it's, it's not a void. It's not about minutes on the clock. It's about what's taking place. Time is filled with events. The fullness of that glass was with water. <laughs> but the fullness of time is with the events and the things that take place, which God is in control of. We find that as we look at this passage here, I couldn't help but remember in chapter 2, verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This morning during the Sunday school time, all these little children were up here and Ruth was going through some songs and some readings and some scriptures and some things with them. You know that that was the very first verse that I can remember memorizing as a child for the Christmas play. <laughs> for until you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And I can remember working so hard on it, and I was going to be, you know, afraid, <laughs> getting up in front of all those people. And I was just a little squirt at the time. But I remember getting up there and holding that head high and shouting that verse out. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. But you know, even though I was just a little lad, never, ever, ever, I've, I've learned a lot of other things that I've forgotten <laughs> for sure. I never forgot that verse. It was there right from childhood. But you see, it's that verse in this account here that makes it personal for unto, what's the next word? You is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Yes, you've been waiting for him, you've been looking for him, you've been told that he's coming. Well, guess what? Today is the day and he's come for you. You, every one of you here tonight, Every one of you that may ever listen to this sermon any time in the future, for unto you was born this day a Savior. There's only ever been one Savior born. Why is this event so awesome? Because it was that day that when that messenger brought to ordinary man the greatest message of history ever before or ever since or ever in the future, 
the greatest news of great joy that was to be to all people that for you a Savior is born. 2,000 years ago, but that message was to all people. It was to each and every one of you. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. That same Jesus that was born was born for you. You see, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. It gets hard to take it into our little minds, and that's why sometimes people just try to say, well, I don't believe any of that mess. <laughs> you hear people talk about it being a, a fairy tale or a fable, just some story, because it's certainly a mystery. <laughs> a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The Lord God himself, the Savior that was born in Bethlehem for you, was God in the flesh. He was all God. Though he was born in these humble means, no room for him in the inn, born out with the cattle, the stable at the back. He goes on in verse 12. This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Yep, <laughs> a sign. A sign of God's infinite grace, infinite compassion, of God himself being manifest in the flesh, of leaving all of the majesty on high, and coming in some of the most humble surroundings that he could ever enter this world by. Great is the mystery of godliness, they say. Oh, it is. It is mysterious. But you see, it was an event like no other. It can't compare to anything else. When we look at this message here, I simply called our thoughts for this evening good tidings of great joy. <laughs> good news, if you would, of great joy to all men that our Savior is born in Bethlehem, the Savior of mankind, the only Savior that we'll ever have, but the only one that we ever need. And suddenly, he says in verse 13, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Although it was done in the most humble way in a little insignificant shepherd town in the middle of nowhere, yet all of heaven was rejoicing with the angel and multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. And down there on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You see, heaven itself got pretty excited about this message. 
heaven itself, was rejoicing over what was taking place. Those simple words, and that's a whole other sermon in its own on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. You see, this Christmas, may I remind you, it's awful easy if you're not careful to get caught up in all the Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and all the other things out there. Don't forget what Christmas is really about. Don't forget it's the event that we're celebrating. Not a date. We don't know the date. It's the event that's worthy of our celebration. And that event is what we see here is when normal men going about their normal lives were visited by God. <laughs> and they were declared a message, a message that would be to all people that a Savior for them individually was born that day in Bethlehem. All of heaven broke into rejoicing over that great event, and only through that event can this peace. You see, there's three different pieces, and that's, that is another sermon, but the first piece you got to know is you got to be at peace with God because the Bible says you're at enmity with God. You're his enemy if you're not saved. You might say, well, I don't hate God. I don't want to be his enemy. Well, I can tell you, I don't care how religious you are. I don't care how much good you've done. If you've never been genuinely born again, you're an enemy of God, and you're not at peace with God. It's only when you're at peace with God that you can know the peace of God, that peace that passeth all understanding. It's being at peace with God that will let us know a peace that comes from within, that doesn't even make sense, <laughs> that's there despite anything or everything else because you're at peace with the holy God. And then, of course, it's only through those that we can know this here, peace, goodwill toward men. The only way that we can really be at peace with each other is when we're at peace with God. That's only through Jesus Christ. I, I, I've heard a lot of things lately. There's been an awful lot of bad things going on in the name of religion and, and, and Islam and all these people killing everybody else. Religion has always done that. In the name of Christianity and Islam and just about anything else has been of any significance. Man doing his thing. There's another message that I preached. It's been quite a few years ago now, I think, which I found very interesting in looking in the Scriptures, peace by way of the sword. <laughs> you see, the sword of the Spirit has to do some cutting <laughs> before any peace is ever going to be had. And we can look at a lot of things there, but I want you to know this evening, the message of Christmas is, it is a message of peace. It is a message of goodwill. But the message is the same one that us ordinary people here this evening that we've been given the same message that these shepherds were. Those men, they had a messenger from God. May I say to you this evening, I'm sorry, I'm not an angel. <laughs> 
I know some of you may have thought that I was, but I'm not an angel. But I am, in a sense, a messenger of God because it's God's word that we proclaim from this pulpit. It's God's word that's the message to you and I this evening. It's God's word that contains that same message, that good news that a Savior was born in Bethlehem because that same baby that was born and wrapped in those swaddling clothes there in Bethlehem that caused all of heaven to rejoice is the same one that 33 and a half years later, just down the street from where he was born, <laughs> they nailed him to a cross. <laughs> and he died and he shed his blood for us. But that was the plan. That was why he came. That's why he came for us. That's what the good news is all about. It's not, a, it's not a long journey in man's eyes to get from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. And yet, in reality, it was the same child that came from heaven to earth. That's a long journey. <laughs> but he made that journey for you, and he made it for me. It's personal. It's still there. And may we do everything in our abilities to carry that message to the world this Christmas season and every day that God gives us to live. The good news that was brought that night to those shepherds, the good news which is meant for all people, that a Savior was born that night, and he was born to save them from their sins. Father, we thank you this evening because, Lord, the events that took place on that night that we're reading about here in Scripture Oh, it was truly an awesome event, <laughs> a birth like no other. Lord, a promise fulfilled as we saw this morning that you had made down through the centuries. But Lord, as we gather here this evening, well, that same message that was carried to those shepherds in a field that night, the same message that's been carried to us and the same message that we need to carry to this world, help us to be your messengers. Help us to carry that message, to let the world know that we're talking about an event when their Savior was born. For them, the only Savior that they can ever have was born that night, and his name was Jesus. Help us, Lord, to be the witnesses we need to be. And if we're going to use this Christmas season for anything, help us to use it for that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.